0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100
1: casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
0: Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a crowd podcast. If, if we get one complaint, I'm going to be stunned. This is potentially the most important question that we have ever been asked.
1: It is a really important thing about thickness of bread. I'm
0: sorry, no, no drones.
1: (laughs) I'm going to say
0: you're a Twiglet fan. You've got to know a lot about drainage. And I'd technically just draw on a massive cock. And there you go, you're chomping down on your leg of lamb down the 17th.
1: (laughs) I'm Andrew Beef Johnston. And I'm John Robbins. Welcome to Beef's Golf Club. Yes, John. How's it going, man?
0: Very good, mate. Very good. Um, Nice to be back. I've been away in Portugal for the most important golfing event in the world golf calendar, which is the Murray Cup. How did it go? Well, my concern is you might have to pull out the red and yellow cards if I start to talk about it.
1: If I'm right off the top of my head, before this Murray Cup, you were 13-1-1? Yes. What are the numbers now?
0: Well, if I tell you the numbers, can I then tell you just the last three holes of the final round?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And if you agree not to get your red card out. <laughs> I won't get it out. Okay, so my numbers are now 15-1-2. I got two and a half points, one two and halved one.
1: Oh, it's a solid, solid week's work. This sounds like a dramatic story.
0: Final day is the singles, and I'm in the last group. And I don't know this... We are 12-11 up. So if I lose, the opposing team draw and retain the cup. And if I win or halve, we win. I'm three down with three to play. So I know I can't win. Par five, I hit into some wasteland. (laughs) And then I stand over the ball. And I know this is a mistake. I stand over the ball with my three-wood in the wasteland and I say, to death or glory, in my head. And that's never the right shot when you're saying that. I slice it about 150 yards further into the wasteland, into this like lateral hazard, dried out river. At this point, I'm just so angry. So I take up my hybrid and just wallop it. And I put it about 50 foot past the flag on the green. Two putt for par, he bogeys onto the 17th. I chunk my six iron so badly, it's the perfect layup. And I get up and down. (laughs) So it's now, One down with one to play. Final hole, he puts his out. I just nail my driver straight down the fairway and everyone is stood on the balcony because everyone's already finished. They're watching the final green. I put it to within about 60 feet and I putt onto the green from the fairway because I'm so nervous and get it to within a foot foot from the hole. And I halve the match and I almost dislocate my elbows from doing the sort of Ian Poulter fist pumps and we win the cup and it's like just honestly got back into the bar I could have cried <laughs> the tension was unreal I didn't feel any different I swear to god I didn't feel any different than Tiger did when he won the Masters <laughs> I felt absolutely amazing and it's so nice to be able to feel that as like an amateur sports person who's not particularly good I just think golf's a, golf is a fantastic game because everyone is off the level playing field and you can have moments like that i'll remember that forever that 60 foot putt from the fairway just <laughs> bobbling over the top and i lifted my putter in the air and walked towards it cuz i thought it was going in everyone cheering oh man
1: that's the excitement of golf right there that is the excitement as i said you go away go with your mates play with your friends and have moments like that where you're going to remember for the rest of your life and talk about it. And I take it you have a WhatsApp group for this Murray Cup. It must have been... It still must be going off the rails.
0: Yeah. I mean, one low ebb was when we won one hole with a nine. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. So, yeah, had a great time. It was quite wet, annoyingly, but we dodged the rain. But while I've been away, Beef, we are going global here. It's the fart that has reverberated around the world. Talk to me what's been going on.
1: Well, as we had our first pro on last week, Tony or well, he told a story about tearing it up in one of his first tournaments and ripping, literally ripping a three iron. And as he's hit it, or well, on his backswing, he's let one go, he's farted, he's hooked it out of bounds. Now... I thought it was a funny story, but I didn't think that it was going to go viral, and I didn't think, this day and age, that farts still
0: break the internet. It's breaking news about breaking wind, (laughs) and we are breaking the stories that no other golf podcast is, and I think the golfing world has needed a bit of light relief after an awful lot of stories about live golf and stuff over the past few months, and they absolutely went crazy for it.
1: It's release intention, isn't it?
0: Could I read a quote from one particular outlet, Beef? Of course. This is from Golf.com, who uh, tell the story of our interview. They say, there's a nice little crowd around and I tee my ball up and they announce my name, now told British pro Andrew Johnston. Yes, Beef. Remember him and his co-host John Robbins on the Beef Golf Club podcast. Beef, they've absolutely done you there. Well,
1: my first question is, where did I go? I'm still here.
0: It's almost like they've written it like I'm dead. It, well, they've written it like you've come back from the dead. <laughs> beef Lazarus. Yeah,
1: just to make it clear, I didn't die. I'm still here. I haven't got anywhere. And how dare you, golf.com?
0: Have you annoyed anyone at golf.com in the past?
1: Not that I know, but hopefully we're about to find out if I have.
0: Yeah, if you work for golf.com and you've got beef with beef let us know, uh, beef at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Uh, or if you work there and you're a fan of the podcast, how about you edit that document to take out the... Yes, Beef. Remember him?
1: Yeah, as I said, I'm still here, but the only thing I can do is use it as a motivation. Everything's been out of my control, injuries, things like that, and it's motivation to get back. So when they next write an article about a golfer for and we release it and it's... <laughs> What would you say when you release it? We're the first ones to break the... Yeah. So when we're the first ones to break the news and they write it down, it's not going to have Remember Him on there. And that's the motivation. So I'm coming back for that. And you watch out, golf.com. I've got my eyes on you.
0: Are we looking at like a sort of Mario Balotelli situation where you win a tournament and you take off your shirt and it just says, why always beef?
1: (laughs) It's going to just say, I'm going to take off my shirt. I'm going to have a massive... Thing written across my belly saying fuck you golf.com <laughs>
0: <laughs> well speaking about <laughs> golf publications perhaps in slightly more glowing terms um beef's golf club have recently teamed up with today's golfer and as previously discussed beef and i spent the day with them at north middlesex beef's home club where we gave an exclusive interview and created some great content so do head over to todaysgolfer.co.uk and read their brilliant feature on Beef's Golf Club, Uh, the link is in the bio for this podcast. And also, if you visit their YouTube channel, you can watch the full interview with me and Beef, uh, some outtakes, and see some clips of me getting some lessons from Beef on the course. Right then, on with the episode.
1: So, mate, obviously the golf club is absolutely flying, and we've had a big response from members over the last few weeks we need to do a bit of tidying up and clearing up and dealing with some club business, mate.
0: Yeah, the postman came today and he was very uncertain because he was like, is this even open yet? Is this, is there's a lot of construction work going on. I've got big signs to mince. I've got signs to, to fill it. I don't know what this means. What's your postcode? I said, don't you worry. You give me that big old sack of yours, mate. This is Beef's Golf Club. You're going to hear about us. Uh, And he sort of walked away quite confused. Anyway, uh, we've had a huge amount of correspondence. Uh, You can email beef at crowdnetwork.co.uk or drop us a message on social media at Beef's Golf Club. But we thought we would go through some of your correspondence to date because you cover some key, key topics. Uh, First off, this is from James Henshaw. James says, Hi John and Beef. I had my very first taste of golf with a lesson this January following brain and spine surgery at the start of COVID. My friends have been playing for a few years and I thought it was time to give it a go. It's been a long old slog. My first few rounds were over 140, coming down to 130, but I putted out every hole, every game, never walking off. So now my best round is down to 108. Still high, but I'm improving. And my goal is to break 100 this year. I love the game so much. And while I'm not playing as much as I would like, I'm sticking at it. What would be your tips for beginners who aren't naturals at the game to focus on? I'm not necessarily talking about swing technique. I'm talking about focus, encouragement, inspiration or reassurance. All the best, James great email James and what a fantastic achievement not just to get down to 108 but to even dedicate yourself to something like golf after going through the surgery so all strength to you mate
1: yeah I, I first want to say what a lovely email the inspiration off of that I don't know many people I've never heard of many people who would putt out every hole every game and never walk off it's so easy to get frustrated and walk off I just want to say first of all congrats and keep doing what you're doing I would say my tips for beginners who aren't natural is just to keep doing it. Keep trying to get to the range. Just hit a few balls if you can here and there. Do a little bit of putting and make sure you enjoy it. I think that's key. And it doesn't matter what you shoot. It should be fun and it should be a hobby. And remember that. Don't take it too seriously. Just go and have fun. And I'm sure you'll break 100 really soon, mate. And I mean, it's it's such a great email. I love it.
0: I would say in terms of your score, the higher your scores are, the more opportunities there there is to shave stuff off quite easily. So like, I'm big into marginal gains for amateur golfers, because a marginal gain for a pro golfer might save them a shot around. But if you're shooting 108, it could save you 10 shots around. There's a fantastic book called The Art of Scoring by Ray Floyd. And it's all about this sort of stuff. It's not swing technique. It's about how amateurs can shoot low, regardless of how well they're playing. And he has this list of mistakes amateurs make, which I'm going to try and remember now. But there's 10 things, and they are panicking in the sand, trying for too much out of trouble, aiming at trouble, swinging too hard, having too high expectations. And now I'm going to forget the rest of them. But anyway, it's a brilliant, brilliant book um, for people who are sort of trying to break 100 or 90.
1: The one thing I want to do here, I think, for Beef's Golf Club, because it's, I love this story and it's open to everyone, I think we should have like a, a member of the week or an inspiration of the week here because reading that out, I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat as well and you're not the only one and I think it's lovely to share stories like that and get people enthusiastic and playing and not feeling like, oh, I'm the only one who's struggling with golf who's just started out.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Hands down. So, James Henshaw, you're our member of the week and we'll be sending you a sleeve of Beef's Golf Club golf balls. Very exciting. Uh, So make sure you keep us abreast, James. And when you break 100, we want to know about it.
1: So, John, we've had a message from Phil who says, hi, guys, I would like to formally offer my virtual services and apply for the position of head greenkeeper. I will do it for free and have five years' experience of working in the gardening field. I will also ensure that all sand bunkers are kept soft and playable for all levels of player. Thanks for the pod. If I was a millionaire, I'd build a course with all holes viewable from the
0: clubhouse. That's a great idea. It's a big job. It is a big job. Phil has said his experience is gardening. You'll know this, Beef. What is the difference between a greenskeeper and a gardener? (laughs) Because a golf course, is, to the untrained eye, does look like a very big garden.
1: Yeah, in some sense it is like a big garden, but obviously you've got to maintain greens, which wouldn't be like any grass you would see in a back garden or a front garden. You would have fringes, you would have rough, you would have fairways, bunkers to maintain.
0: You've got to know a lot about drainage, and you need to know a lot about different types of soil.
1: I'm thinking right now off the top of my head... We need to find a head green keeper and you need to do your apprenticeship. Yes. And obviously you do your apprenticeship at Beef's Golf Club. And also there will be some lovely flower beds knocking around Beef's Golf Club as well. So you can handle them. I would like you to grow some herbs too. Maybe we could have a herb garden as well.
0: You could use some of them on your barbecue. A bit of rosemary. Rosemary,
1: thyme, anything. Basil, whatever it is. We always need herbs to cook. Chef's going to need it at some point. So... There you go. You've got an apprenticeship. You've got two jobs out of this.
0: Uh, so, Phil, you're in. You're not top dog, but you could you could get promoted to head greenkeeper if your apprenticeship goes well.
1: I want to say probably the one thing and the most important thing about greenkeeping, though. I think every good greenkeeper has a lawnmower
0: nod. Oh, yeah.
1: It, it's something where I, I don't know it, but I'm sure it's like a local rule in Green Keepers, where if you see them cutting a bit of grass or they're driving past and you're walking, they always give a slight nod. And it's not a smile. It's sort of like a half-serious kind of nod. They acknowledge that you're playing. But it's a way of saying yes, but it's my golf course.
0: If you want to apply for a position at Beef's Golf Club, uh, if you've got any skills you think you can bring to the Dream Golf Club, let us know at at crowdnetwork.co.uk. But speaking of course layout... Beef, did you see the guy on uh, Twitter and Instagram who designed a full mock-up of the clubhouse and uh, the course with all of the holes visible from the bar? Uh, big shout out to Dave Doodlemouse Prendergast. His picture of the golf course was absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, the golf course is amazing. It's not easy to design a golf course, you know that. The The one experience I had was we got asked to design like a perfect hole and I thought oh, I'd designed sort of a a really good sort of little par three and I had it all planned out in my head I started drawing it I finished it I looked and I'd technically just draw on a massive (laughs) cock
0: well a golf hole is a sort of it does have a phallic vibe to it in many ways (laughs) you know it's it's long it's thin it's got a bit of action at the end
1: it's a da- it's a dangerous place to start drawing stuff and i've learned my lesson for that and i think dave's drawing and all the holes and the way it comes out and the vision of it and all the holes you can see uh i think it's absolutely brilliant and i love it i can't wait and we've got obviously three courses at the moment so that's just the start we, we've got a mince course to design i'd love to see how we how he visualizes the mince and the short rib course
0: Yeah, I should point out it's actually Doodle Moose, not Doodle Mouse. Uh, Thanks very much for your efforts, and we will get some architects involved. You can meet up and start putting this together. We'll link to this in the bio of the podcast, so do check it out. What's next, Beef?
1: This club member wants to be anonymous. He doesn't want to give away his identity, and he doesn't want to give away his golf club, so this is intriguing to me. Hi, chaps. Great work on the new pod. Among the competition results, social event notices and other email correspondence sent out by my golf club to members are a few trivial announcements that are, I hope you agree, are unwitting comic gems. There's a time they emailed members specifically to say that caterers were trialling a new bread supplier and they had unfortunately concluded... (laughs) below our accepted standard they added that they had sourced a new supplier where the
0: thickness of the bread <laughs> the thickness of the bread
1: is as we would now like it
0: i absolutely love that attention to detail but i love even more the fact that they've seen fit to email the members about the change in the bread thickness he actually goes on to say however my personal favourite was an email about the redecoration of the lounge area please see below and this is a quote I would like to apologise for the related strong aroma which comes from high quality oil-based paint which will linger in the short term. Please note, although we choose water-based paints for our home due to the fact they create less aroma, I'm advised that oil-based is much more durable. Once again, apologies for this short-term disruption. (laughs) <laughs> and our anonymous emailer says someone actually thought we needed to know that
1: whoever's sending these emails i want them at beefs golf club in the office if you're you're doing your job properly i mean there's no stone unturned there
0: yeah you sort of want that person on your side as opposed to working against you
1: oh definitely yeah definitely you know everything was going on you'd never you'd never miss a medal you'd never miss a tournament you'd never miss anything uh charity days whatever you'd you, you would have about 4,000 emails a year, but you wouldn't miss anything.
0: Yeah, you'd be kept up to speed on changes to the density of the bristles on the uh, boot cleaner outside. <laughs> you'd be kept up to speed on the uh, incline of the new pathway leading to the chipping green.
1: <laughs> I tell you what, though, it is it is a really important thing about thickness of bread. You can't have an extra thick bread club sandwich. The ratio
0: goes... You're an enormous fan of the club sandwich, aren't you, Beef?
1: Club sandwiches, for me, are the greatest thing on a golf menu, without doubt. They're so good. You've got three slices of bread in there. You've got chicken, bacon, lettuce, mayonnaise. I mean, it's just the holy grail of a sandwich. If I want to go to a golf club, I'm going to test out their club sandwich, man. That's how I rate a kitchen. Like a golf club kitchen is, how's their club sandwich?
0: So what are you looking for? What makes a good one? What makes a bad one? And and what sort of one are we having at Beefs Golf Club?
1: Grilled chicken is a must. So it has to be a good grilled chicken. Mm -hmm. Good bacon. Like this anonymous member said, the bread's important. Can't have it too thick. I know there's a big discussion in club sandwiches. Do you have it toasted or not? i would probably lean towards slightly toasted, but not too toasted. Does it come with the little um, picks that you put through with the little twirly things at the top to keep it together? That's important. Don't serve me up one without that, because by the time you get to my table, it's all falling apart. It has to be proper mayonnaise. Mm. I'd like to know where the best club sandwich is in the world, to be honest. So if people could let us know and send in, let me know where the best club sandwich is and I might just turn up and try it.
0: And I don't think he's joking. I think he would genuinely travel long haul on the basis of a club sandwich recommendation. (laughs) Um... Declan Murphy has sent in a few suggestions. It says, hi, lads. Loving the podcast. A couple of ideas. A confession box in the clubhouse. Uh, also, if someone gets a red card for talking about their round for too long, they can't talk about their next three rounds. Finally, tell Mark Wahlberg you'll name a hole or a clubhouse after him if he comes on. That's a great suggestion. I think, are we looking at the Wahlberg gym or are we looking at the Wahlberg Wall of Fame? The Wahlberg of fame, or are we naming one of the holes after him? Because we've got it. I love it when a scorecard has a name for each hole. Yeah, build a Wahlberg hole. How about we get a par three with like a, a short par three with a postage stamp green, and we call it the tip of the Wahlberg?
1: Ah, uh, and that's only if he comes on. If he doesn't,
0: oh yeah, he's got. He's not get. He's not getting named after him otherwise.
1: No, no, no. I'm going to name the toilets or something after him if he doesn't come on. Yeah, yeah, Declan, uh, confessions at a golf club here. I'm uh, slightly worried, to be honest. How serious are these confessions? Do we need to check there's not any missing members from any golf clubs recently?
0: Yeah, I wonder if, is Declan talking about if you find anything buried under the fourth green, that's me, or is Declan talking about I found my ball in the woods and when I addressed it, I, I moved the ball with my club because I touched a twig and I didn't declare a shot on myself.
1: <laughs> it could go both ways, couldn't it? It could be the most innocent confession box. Oh, I totally forgot to pick up my provisional ball. I'm really sorry about that. Or there's a new tier in the sixth green.
0: We should do an episode on rules and also on cheating. And we can read people's uh, submissions anonymously for the cheating episode. <laughs> and all we need you to do, beef, is to get hold of the biggest cheat on the tour to come and chat to us about their uh, tips and tricks. Have you got Patrick Reed's number? <laughs> but he he would have got caught on CCTV at Beef's Golf Club well I'm being very mean there and I'm not sure I even know the full story but what did Patrick Reed do at uh, Beef which got him a bit of a bad rep
1: apparently he uh, moved some uh, sand behind his ball in a wasteland area in one of the tournaments to obviously improve his lie I know um, there has been a commentator currently uh, being sued by him so I don't know if we pursue this because uh We're still under construction and I don't fancy getting sued right now.
0: Yeah, well, I think what we would say is he allegedly moved some sand in some alleged wasteland to allegedly improve his lie and that Patrick strenuously denies all allegations. (laughs) Oh, While we're talking about Wahlberg, we've had something in from Nick Riley, Beef. Do you want to read it out? So
1: Nick has said was listening to the pod and think I could add slightly more information to Mark Wahlberg's frankly ludicrous life schedule on the golf front. A few years back, I was working behind the bar at Bucks Golf Club. Rumours were abound that Mr. Wahlberg was filming something at Pinewood Studios, not too far away, and had booked to play at the Bucks. This was exciting news and many colleagues were looking forward to meeting him. Unfortunately for us, meeting Mark Wahlberg was off the cards every day for a period of about two weeks. Marky Mark and an associate would book the earliest tea time available. I think this was about 6.30am at that time of year. Head to the pro shop, pay their green fees, hop in a buggy and fly around the course in about 60-90 minutes. He would then immediately leave. I can only assume he was off to hit the gym for his fifth workout
0: of the day. That's insane. A round of golf in 60 mins. Yeah, apparently according to Golf Digest, he can play 18 holes in an hour. So he hits the ball, runs to it, and then the um, the buggy comes up with his club. We should point out, most people don't have the luxury of getting anywhere near playing golf in an hour. A, because they're not insane, but also because you can't book out a course to yourself because you're not Mark Wahlberg. Do you know what the world record is for the quickest completed round of golf, Beef?
1: No, what is it?
0: 27 minutes, 9 seconds.
1: Is that Donald Trump?
0: no. <laughs> That is the fastest round of golf uh, completed by James Carville at Warren Point Golf Course. Uh, The only rule is, well, obviously the rules of golf apply, but the ball has to come to rest before you hit it. And speed golf is itself like a really competitive sport. Get this, the Guinness World Record was Christopher Smith at the Chicago Speed Golf Classic Jackson Park Golf Course on October 16th, 2005, Smith shot 65 in 44 minutes, 6 seconds, whilst carrying six clubs for a speed golf score of 109.06. Now, I don't know how they work out the scores, but shooting 66 in 44 minutes is outrageous. What's that about? Well, we're going to put this to Mark when he comes on, now that the ticks have gone blue on his WhatsApp conversation with Beef. Any update? Is he actually... He hasn't replied, has he yet?
1: So, all right, I'm going to drop the news. He has replied. What? He has replied.
0: How did you not mention this at the start of the episode? This is the (laughs) only thing we need to talk about.
1: Timing's a beautiful thing. Oh, my gee. I'd love to. I'm just currently filming. So now the next challenge is, it's all well and good. Someone saying, yes, I'll come on the podcast. What I've realised is getting him on could be a totally different uh, challenge.
0: Beef. We fly to him, we go to his Winnebago, we take our mics with us, we're going to have to get into shape because we're going to have to play a 60 minute round of golf, we're going to have to find out what a cryo chamber is because we might have to do the interview in the cryo chamber, also we're going to have to get up at 3am for our oat milk protein shake or whatever it is. Beef, have you replied yet to Wahlberg? The, the wording and the timing of your reply are crucial.
1: I probably replied within about 15 seconds. Oh, God. Because I dropped my phone. Oh dear if God. I hadn't dropped it, it'd have been five seconds. Oh, dear.
0: Oh, Keen
1: Beef. You know how sometimes you read a message with a certain voice yeah. in your head? It's probably like, oh, I'm so excited. I'd love it. It's such good news that you've
0: replied and you'd love to come on the podcast. It'd probably be something like that. So you have replied saying, oh, that's great. I'm so excited. Can't wait to see you. I love you. Bye. (laughs) Or where is it at? Because what I would say is, Wolsey, great news. Want to put us in touch with your agent? We can look into your schedule and we can... Happy to interview you in a cryo chamber or whilst out of breath on the fourth fairway.
1: (laughs) That's basically what I said. I just asked him when filming was done, and obviously we'll make it as easy as possible for him.
0: Well, on that bombshell, folks, that is exciting news. Wahlberg progressing, inching closer to Beef's golf club, and we will keep you abreast of any further developments. And slapped wrists for you, Beef, for not telling us, but also quite quite fun, actually. We're not even halfway through this uh, bag of post-beef, but should we keep on digging because there's some great emails in here?
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm absolutely loving this.
0: This is from Danny Nichol. Really interesting topic here. Danny says, Hi, guys. During lockdown, I really got into golf and brought my first set of clubs, Wilson's, just to get me started at the local range. Now, my question is, I'm registered blind. I still have some sight, but if I was on a course, once I've hit the ball, I can't see where it's gone. Will you provide ball spotters, as none of my mates like golf, or will you design a ball with GPS inside it? See you at the clubhouse bar, and don't worry, I checked myself in the mirror before coming. Danny. Thanks so much for that, Danny. I play with a couple of people who really struggle with their eyesight. One of them uses a bright orange ball, because he's tried all the different colours of ball, and that's the one he can pick up the best. However, even that might not be good enough for Danny. So what are we thinking about spotters, uh, Beef?
1: Yeah, 100%. If no ball works, then spotters are coming out. And I'm thinking, potentially, maybe we have ball spotters on every hole.
0: Are we looking at spotters on every hole? Or, Michael Rivett has a suggestion, which is real-life shot tracer lines, so that you never have that really irritating situation where you lose a golf ball that should be super easy to find. So, are we looking at, on the tee, little screens with shot tracers... To show you where your ball went
1: yeah real life shot tracer it's quite a good idea how many times have i seen people tee off and look about 50 yards away from where they're actually balled where their ball is actually gone i, I like the idea of ball spotters yeah little things with flags on it put their arm up yep i've got it
0: like you guys get yeah i think it's a great way So we'll look into uh, Shot Tracer, Michael, and we'll definitely have spotters for you, Danny. The one thing I'm slightly conscious of is we don't want Beef's Golf Club to be, like, super gimmicky, like going to a kind of nightclub. You don't want it with just loads of screens. You want to feel like you're playing golf and have that nice, relaxing golf experience.
1: I've got something to pitch to you, John. How about a golf ball? You know, like, sometimes when they have cars now and if you hold down, like, the lock button, it it toots so you can find your car. Yeah. How about something like that in the golf ball? So, like, you could, like, press something on a button and there's something in the golf ball and it makes a noise so then it can help you find it.
0: Well, I think the problem is, as good an idea as that is, that would be an illegal golf ball. And we have to decide, you know, as as inclusive and as fun as we want Beef's Golf Club to be, we're still... We're still sticking to the RNA rules, aren't we? Is it a noise problem
1: as well? So, like, people walking around trying to, they're on a different hole, and all of a sudden someone's, Janice is trying to chip, and then all you hear is like, toot, toot, like that.
0: It's going to put her off. Yeah, I think that is a problem, actually.
1: Now, John, this one I'm interested about. This one comes through Instagram. S underscore P-A-S. The way I'm looking at that, I'm just going to call him Spates. So Spate says they would like a halfway house to outdo any other halfway house. Get beefs, barbecue, smoking meat for some epic baps at the turn with a few top-notch beers on tap.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes, 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 yes. I think the one thing I've been surprised about is how few golf courses I've played have a halfway house. It tends to be the more fancy courses. What what are some of the best ones you've seen? Because I haven't seen that many. Wentworth
1: was always a good one. Sunningdale. There's a lot of good ones in Surrey, like you said, the good like big golf clubs have some serious uh halfway houses. But it's all about the food that you'd have in there, right? Bacon, sausage rolls, gotta be good. I would have scotch eggs, pork pies,
0: yeah. Definitely some barbecue. I'd like uh vegetable samosas, which I think are one of the best uh, golfing snacks to take ground.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: What would you reckon some of the worst foods are at a halfway house? Oh, those sort of big slabs of pre-packaged flapjack <laughs> that is just like a block of oats and sort of syrup. And you're like, oh God, it's about 8,000 calories of oats.
1: <laughs> the ones that leave you needed like two litres of water, that, which then you have to carry around because your mouth's so dry.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dry flapjacks. I've nothing against like a, a homemade, raisiny, lovely, sort of gooey flapjack, but those big, solid ones you get in petrol stations. No, thank you.
1: All right. So you've got halfway houses. How about this? I've heard that Michael Jordan's golf course he's built sends uh, drinks and food out by drone. How do you feel about that?
0: I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like drones full stop because they're noisy and they exist in a lawless airspace and they can bring down planes and close airports. I don't like the idea of a golf course turning into a stag do. Do you know what I mean? Like, fair enough, if you want to have a beer at the ninth or the 10th. But if you've got drones flying around dropping six packs of Budweiser and pizzas to people, you think, oh, I might as well go to a bowling alley. (laughs) (laughs) or if you want that experience go to Topgolf because it's amazing and great fun and you can play all their games to targets and they bring food to the range and they bring drinks to the range it's a nice night out
1: okay so my argument there is if I come in and we're playing in the afternoon and I've had pre-lunch then I come in uh, it's a new place I have a club sandwich now I'm really full I get around to nine I'm not that bothered about food but on 14 I want a little snack and a drink. Now, I can't walk all the way back to the halfway house, but I could send in a little text, get a little drone, another club sandwich, beer. I'm sorted for the last four holes.
0: Well, I think that's probably your fault for not planning ahead. And I wonder if the solution to that is we make our bar and our restaurant and our halfway house so amazing that people are going to go, well, I'm not hungry now, but that looks incredible, so I'm going to get that for later. (laughs) Also, what happens if your ball hits a drone? What happens if a drone puts you off your shot? I'm sorry, no, no drones.
1: (laughs) It was just an idea that's been heavily shot down.
0: Well, also, speaking of heavily shot down, the drones are going to be in trouble if they come anywhere near me. But every three holes, you're passing the clubhouse beef on the way the course is designed. So you could have little delivery platforms... Where you text ahead and say, I would like uh, a leg of lamb uh, to take down the 16th because I'm a little bit peckish before my pad thai at the 18th and my pizza later on. (laughs) And you, who maybe been on the grill or someone's manning the grill for you, comes to the little platform by the 16th green, hands you your leg of lamb and, um, and several napkins and a big bib. And there you go. You're chomping down on your leg of lamb down the 17th. It's win-win.
1: <laughs> this is why I went into club designing with you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other messages we've got coming is from Theo Forbes. Please provide a hairdryer every other tea box. Would be good to dry off wet clothes, hair and beard after getting caught in a downpour.
0: Hmm. Here's my concern. Four of you get to a tea box, you're all soaked through because you didn't prepare, you didn't check the weather in advance, and you didn't have the requisite waterproof clothing, right? You can't use the hairdryer while someone's teeing off because it's going to put them off, so you've got to then wait for four people to dry their clothes, hair and beard before teeing off. I think it's a slow play problem, Beef.
1: I've got the answer for this. I don't know about you, John, i just get a bit off scale, but do you like theme parks, like
0: Thorpe Park, Universal? I've only ever been to one theme park, and it was when I was about 12. <laughs> I figured that. It had the longest the longest wooden roller coaster in the world. <laughs> it's called Lightwater Valley. <laughs> I'm not a thrill seeker like you, Beef.
1: Wait, I love them. I still got them now, honestly. Um, but in the theme parks, they have these big drying stations. So if you go down on the rapids and you get soaked... Then they have these big drying stations. They're ridiculous. You put like five quid in, and then you stand in there for like two minutes, and it basically dries you off. Now you can fit four people in there, and I'm thinking we have a couple of them on the golf course.
0: So are we? Are we staring down the barrel of getting in touch with Dyson uh, and seeing if they can make uh, a Dyson golf blade?
1: Hundred percent. They've still got to uh, come back to our request about the uh, air guns, which we're still waiting for. Yes, and they
0: can do the dryers as well. They're laughing. Come on, James Dyson, with your confused politics. Get on Beef's Golf Club and uh, design us. uh, (laughs) Stick to what you're good at and uh, design us uh, a big Dyson golf blade and the the new air gun. Also, they put in new air guns at my course and I was so pleased and they broke the first day. (laughs) What is it about air guns that makes them so prone to breaking? (laughs) And why do we put up with poor quality seals on our air guns? Anyway, Katie Snowden asks, what kind of crisps will we stock behind the bar in the clubhouse? This is potentially the most important question that we have ever been asked. So, Beef, you go first. I'm going to put my
1: neck on the line here. And after the theme park chat, I'm going to say you're a Twiglet fan.
0: I'm going to say no, I'm not, actually. Oh. Thing is, Beef, you think you know someone, but I will always surprise you mini cheddars for sure I'm not a mini cheddar guy after an incident in primary school where we saw how many mini cheddars we could get in our mouths and I strained my jaw (laughs) (laughs) it
1: has to be monster munch pickled onion monster munch for me Amen tick 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 wheat crunchies tomato you don't see them around anymore you always see the bacon
0: ones but the tomato ones are the one don't Wheat Crunchies do a Worcester sauce one? No way. I think they do, and they are very yeah Wheat Crunchies Worcester sauce. I don't know if we're going to have to bring them back if they still make them, um, but I would I would like those there. Where else are we going? Can I reel off a few a uh, few big hitters? <laughs> there are these crisps called Slabs, which are the thickest crisp known to man. I think they're the thickest crisp you can have without legally having to call them potatoes. I've
1: never heard of them.
0: They're really good. Uh, And then I would just go for my top three crisps, which would be scampion lemon knickknacks, pickled scrumium McCoys, which they don't make anymore, but they do them as a limited edition during the Rugby World Cup, annoyingly. And they're the best crisp ever. Pickled scrumium McCoys. And then we are having, oh, actually there's two more, salt and vinegar discos, and scampy fries.
1: Oh, that is a lineup. And bacon fries.
0: <laughs> that is a lineup, isn't it?
1: Oh, what a selection. I mean, if you walked into <laughs> any bar, any golf club with that selection of crisps, everyone's happy. Oh, everyone's happy. There, there, there cannot be one person. If, if we get one complaint, I'm going to be stunned.
0: Yeah, it, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Um, so those are the crisps we're having, Katie plenty to choose from there. Um, Finally, folks, and don't worry, we'll be adding more rules uh, next week, but we've just had so much great correspondence from you uh, that we wanted to end on this, which is back in episode two, we talked about a thing called a rock shandy, which is uh, one of the sort of dream post-golf drinks. Uh, Well, Keith Webster has got in touch and brought to our attention that Rascal Brewing in Dublin have created a rock shandy pale ale which according to Rascal Brewing is a gorgeously refreshing beer. There's a big hit of fresh citrus orange on the nose that carries through on the taste before developing to a nice bitter sweet lemon. We used orange and lemon peel in the whirlpool and then added the juice of both during fermentation. The bitterness then follows through into the classic New England IPA style with Mandarina Bavaria and Amarillo hops providing stone fruit and orange flavours.
1: There's only one thing we need to do. Rascal Brewing, send us some, please. I think we should have a tasting session on one of the episodes because I love beer, I love powwow, I love rock shandy. We have to try it.
0: Yeah, Rascal Brewing, if you send us uh, a few of those, we will taste them on the episode to give them the Beefs Golf Club seal of approval, and then we will go into negotiations uh, about stocking the bar at Beefs Golf Club. Thank you so much for all your emails. What an amazing uh, what an amazing chat we've had. Did you enjoy that beef?
1: Absolutely loved it. I mean, that's the whole part of designing the world's greatest golf club is to have everyone's ideas and discuss through them and so many good ideas and good chat and inspirational stories today. I've absolutely loved it.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to send everyone whose message we've read out today a sleeve of Beef's Golf Club golf balls. And I think we'll probably do this every few episodes uh, to keep up with what everyone's saying is have a discussion where we go through all your stuff. So send it to beef at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Follow us at Beef's Golf Club on Twitter and Instagram and join the brand new Beef's Golf Club Facebook page where you can meet like-minded members and maybe discuss what crisps you would have at Beef's Golf Club and whether or not you think drones are a bad idea or just a very, very bad idea. (laughs) Uh, Before we go, folks, uh, Beef, we need to tell the listeners about an exciting YouTube video that will be available to watch now. It's Beef's Golf Club meets Bad Golf. And I think we've sort of discussed a little bit about this, but what started as Beef caddying for me turned into an unforgettable epic nine holes of match play. It was an exclusive for Beef's Golf Club and for Bad Golf because it was your return to golf, wasn't it Beef?
1: Yeah, I had all the intentions just coming and carrying a bag and um, I didn't think it was going to end up sort of really gritty and so sort of fiery as it come out. I had no idea what I was in for. Obviously it was the first time we met as well. I didn't realise about your match play record.
0: You underestimated the fierce competitiveness of your opponent and his willingness to really put a friendship at risk uh, over the sake of a a, round, a casual round of golf.
1: Yeah, so quickly as well, just when we first met. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was, you know, we are all hugging on the putting green, giving you tips and stood on the first tee and I'm sure you called me a prick or something. I was, I don't
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> well... Head over to uh, Bad Golf on YouTube to find out what happened. Uh, It's a really fantastic video, and it was great fun to hang out with Beef. Uh, But next week, who've we got coming up, Beef?
1: I thought it'd be a good idea to do an episode on the Ryder Cup.
0: Yes, please.
1: And I've got... A really special guest. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, all I'm saying is I also know who the guest is, and I'm not going to say who it is either, even though it's really, really, really good.
1: You're just going to have to wait and find out. Bye-bye. Take care. (laughs) Crowd Network. A place where you
0: belong.